Whatever crap. I'm making fun of me because I, I love wheat. 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 Wheat with a T. Oh, T. Wheat. Yeah. Yeah. Wheat with a T. <laughs> Definitely. He's a fairly formal goat, but he likes to party. Did you guys know that uh, Pepe Le Pew has been banned from like Looney Tunes because it's offensive to the French, I guess? Cheers. This is a New England. It's supposed to look like orange juice. <laughs> Welcome back, Saunders Stories. PMP, what chapter are we on? What is this? Uh, 24, I think. Yeah, something. Chapter 20. No, no, it's 23. I apologize. That's what I thought. Yeah, I thought it was 23. That's my bad. Uh, we had a little snafu. We went a week without a podcast. Right after we promised that we weren't going to do this anymore, we had a week without a podcast. It's also why we're messed up on our chapters. We had already recorded 23, and then somebody, I definitely won't say names, but PMP messed it up in the recording. There was, some user, <laughs> there was some user error in the exporting, and I'll take the heat for this one. So, so we went a week without a podcast, um, and we're going to come back with that one. That was uh, Matt, Matt Weiss's story. Yeah, we'll get him in the next couple of weeks, I yep, think. Yep, so we're going to come back to that. Uh, I record that. that. Yeah. I don't know if we had to redo it. Okay. Yeah, so unfortunately it didn't, it didn't work, uh, but we got some gold content. Uh, so we've got to try to recreate that magic whenever we, whenever we, we get back with Matt. We'll get, we'll get Chase and Jeff on that I one. think it'll be better. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. So we'll have it's, some more people It's a blessing involved. in disguise. That's what I'm telling myself. Yeah, totally. Silver <laughs> lining. I like your positive outlook. So welcome back to Sonder Stories. A super, super cool thing today. I'm pretty excited about it. This is a beer for us that we've had since day one. It's become a mainstay for us. It's not year-round because we bring it back uh, just right when people start to really miss it. And we've brought it back as an imperial version, which will now become the everyday version, which we'll talk a little bit about throughout the podcast. We're talking about Otto. And for those of you that don't know, this is a beer that's pretty special to the Sonder family, particularly to the four of us, uh, the founding members, because it's named after Steve and Jennifer Otto, who uh, are long members of the Saunders family. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that when we get into it. But Steve, say hey. Hey, how are you guys? I'm good. We're good. Uh, Steve is uh, hard to miss. He's in the tap room a lot. And uh, he's got, a, he's got a, a beautiful glowing bald head that we love to see. Every time Steve comes in, he just exudes this passion and joy and fun personality that everyone loves and i couldn't be more proud that that a beer that has become a repeat beer for us and people love uh is named after your family exuding baldness (laughs) that's right yes Uh, we've also got chase on today hope i'm sorry about that (laughs) it's my first time on the mic here we got a new timer oh boy oh Oh, goodness We've also got uh, Luke Shropshire. Luke, say hey. Hey, what's up, dudes? And we've got Warren Shropshire in the house. Uh, <laughs> Cutie. And then we've got Jeff Parker over in the corner. JP, say what's hey. What's going on, hey? All right, we're, we're new timers with the mic today, apparently. We're, we're, we're all over the place. Uh, let's jump right in. So Otto is a double tiramisu stout. It's a, a big boy. Uh, this one... Clocked in this batch. Uh, we're at eleven percent. It's like between. Uh, it's like what is it? Eleven point one percent, Luke? I think, or eleven uh, percent even. Eleven flat. 11 flat. Yeah, yeah. 11 flat. yeah, it's eleven flat. You're right. 
Uh, and it is a recipe. Chase, I, I would love for you to, to be able to talk a little bit about this. This beer evolved from a recipe that you brewed at home for how many years in a row? I think it was around 10 years. I was brewing it off and on. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for 10 years, you were brewing this at home. People loved it. And when we had the opportunity to get started here at Sonder, this was a beer that uh, Chase wanted to make sure that, that we launched with. Yeah, yeah I, would, I would brew it pretty much uh, every year around wintertime, and uh, it was one of my friends and family's favorite. And I always liked, enjoyed brewing it because this was a nice, big, heavy beer, and it was fun to sip on. Yeah, so, so talk a little bit about... Um, the, just the beer itself, the backbone, uh, some of the stuff that you add to it. Um, talk a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a hefty grain bill. It's, it has like seven different varieties of, of uh, malt. Um, there's uh, some Belgian uh, biscuit uh, malt, chocolate malt. Obviously, it's roasted. Just touch it roasted. Not, you, you don't want to go too heavy with the roasted because it gets a little bit astringent. Um, just a touch of roasted, and then there's uh, cocoa nibs added to it, and I also add a little bit of Hershey, Hershey's uh, cocoa powder to it because it's this Hershey's one of my favorite chocolates I've been eating since I was a little kid and just loved it. And I think it just adds a little bit of complexity to do different different types of chocolate to it. it just kind of adds to the, to the to the layering effect. The Hershey aspect was something that was new to me today. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, and now do you taste Hershey when you drink it? I can't not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like in my head, I love it. And it's yeah. it's really not that much, really, of the Hershey. Yeah, I was. Um, well, I, so I've been kind of, sort of dieting because you know the beer diet kind of puts some weight on you now. So I've been drinking pretty much nothing for I don't know about a week, and then when I do drink, it's just seltzer. So my palate is kind of completely like bathed, basically, of everything, and. Um, I'm not going to lie, yeah, I actually do taste, like, because you, you, you taste it, and you're like, man, it's got, like, a baker's chocolate to it. And the thing is, is we're not using sweetened Hershey's. We're using the unsweetened, so we're just getting that raw base. And so it really comes out, um, that baker's chocolate just really starts shining. And it, it's kind of cool to see how it stays around, especially with such an aggressive, you know, fermentation. You know, so much yeast is, the yeast is getting so stressed out with, you know, how, how sorry, I don't have my mic on. It's hard to, hard to hear myself talk. Um, it's hard to... Um, it's uh, it's kind of crazy to see that the flavor still comes through with so much stress that the yeast has to go through due to it being such a high gravity beer. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, and and similarly, I've I've had uh, less beer recently, so my palate is also yes. Uh, what'd you say, bathed? Yeah, bathed, cleansed. <laughs> Whatever it is, well, I'm with you. You know, because your taste buds uh, regenerate every seven days. Yep. So it's it's just brand new buds on my on my palate. Yeah. Uh, same. Uh, same for everyone. Yeah, everyone's. Every, yeah, yeah. But but my taste buds have not had as much beer on them yeah. like yours, and agreed that I mean this is uh, an explosion of chocolate, coffee, yeah. uh, a little subtle vanilla. Um, so we we actually the first time we brewed this beer in house, there's actually a pretty cool photo of the three of us uh actually cutting slicing down the middle of a madagascar vanilla beans and and putting it in so you know this this beer has a lot of flavors uh it has a lot of natural flavors um we're not you know we're we're not adding a a crap load of of artificial flavors to this all the way down to the coffee yeah no artificial flavors correct uh all the way down to the coffee 
which uh, is a fairly new thing for us. We're going we're gonna to launch an entire podcast about this and talk about this. But uh, we actually have a coffee roaster in-house and are roasting the coffee. And it's going into the beer within 24 hours of roast, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we were, we were doing our best to do that before when we were sourcing uh, from, from um, Kala and Coffee Emporium. And, and they were doing a great job for us. But this just totally rounds out this beer with now having our, our own beans yeah. that we're roasting in-house. And to me... I can actually taste a, a difference in the coffee uh, in a positive way. Yeah, and the, I mean, there's some, there's some respect to having it, you know, as fastly, you know, as soon as it's roasted and getting it in, you know, there's two benefits. One, sterilization, mm-hmm. um, you know, because those beans are coming out 160, uh, and they're getting bagged, so they're, nothing's going to be alive on those bad boys. And then two, when they're freshly roasted, you got to think about all those aromatics that are just coming off, you know? So, like, when we go back to, like, coconut tears, you know, one reason why we always toast in-house and then do it as close to, you know, putting the beer on it as possible is because it's hot. The aroma is coming out. It's not, you know, cold. It's not, like, tight. You know, it's, it's, it's porous, basically, and it's, it's letting it flow. And, you know, that's, that's what we're really getting that benefit from. I, I agree. I was in here on Tuesday when they were roasting coffee for Cato, and I left for a little bit, went downstairs to the tap room, and I walked back into the brew house, and the coffee roaster is up here in the office, and the whole brew house smelled like coffee. Ooh, yeah. yeah, but that was nice. It was awesome. I need to come for a, a roasting someday. Yeah, it was fun. It's pretty cool to see. I had no idea how that big yellow machine worked, but it was cool to watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still don't think I know how it works. I just know what the output is, and I like it. Yeah, so it tumbles, and then you can get a sample, and then it falls out, and then it cools in the, the pan. It, it was pretty cool to see, and, and uh, Jeff Lyon and, and, and Stephen Huff who are doing that. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be really cool to, yeah. uh, to get them on here and talk about yeah. it. Yeah. So let's shift to you, Steve. So we, we aptly named this beer Otto because uh, the first time I met you uh, was in my basement several years ago now, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, it was like three years ago. Yeah, isn't that nuts? It is, absolutely. It, it feels like... In, in a lot of ways, it feels like it was forever ago, and in a lot of ways, it doesn't. Um, and I can't believe how far we've come in that short time. But you were, uh, I don't know if you remember this, uh, you were the first person to arrive that night. Uh, you arrived with, with Dan Livsdorf. Yep, that's right. You're a nice personalities. We hit it off right away. It was awesome. Uh, I knew right away that there was a friendship building there, and I had no idea what would, what would later come to uh, you and your family becoming... Uh, is such important part of the Sonder family, um, and you told me that night uh, we had a we had a stout that night that yep, uh, my dad and I had brewed that we called very very sneaky. Uh, it was eleven point nine percent, and it sneaks up on you. It, it, uh, it was, was a lot roastier than this. It, it was designed to extract investor dollars out of my pocket. <laughs> 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 that was a good stout. That's a good stout. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, and in that night, you, you shared with me how much you loved stouts, yep. and that was pretty much what you were drinking that night. Fast forward, we had another another meeting a few months later. You drank the stout that night, and so when Chase told me about this beer, it was the easiest, most most automatic name we had. <laughs> that as soon as he said, "I've got this tiramisu stout," and I was like. It's going to be great. Let's call it auto. And that was, that was the, the quickest and most easiest decision that we made in terms of naming. And I got to tell you, sometimes naming beers is not as easy as everyone thinks. <laughs> and, uh, and it was nice that this one just flew into place. 
So you had it for the first time um, pretty much on our investor night, I think, on the 23rd of October last year. Yep. Um, as a finished product on our system. Yeah, tell, us, tell us about that experience for you. So when you tried it and, and what you think of it today is how it's evolved. So, so I have to back up a little bit. Yeah, please. You guys know the only reason I'm sitting here today is because of my wife. <laughs> <laughs> that, is the, that is the only reason we're sitting here because, you know, God bless her. Jennifer's an extremely beautiful woman. She and I have been together for 33 years. And uh, I, I, I like that you said that quickly. You knew. Yep, I knew. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> and and the only thing I brought to the marriage was three hundred and twenty-one dollars in my savings account <laughs> and, and a blue pickup truck. <laughs> that was it, man. That was it. So so here we are, thirty-three years later, and um, you know, th- thank God my name is not like Schneckendorfer because that would never fit on a can. <laughs> so. Auto, it's like, you know, four letters. That'd be know. a disaster from our standpoint. It would, yeah, yeah. <laughs> try, it's tough to market that. Yeah, right. try our Schneckendorfer stout. You know? <laughs> Where were you when we were naming the Overtongue? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to name a beer Schneckendorfer now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, you know, you had, uh, I think you had emailed me earlier that summer and said, hey, do you mind if we, if we use your name in a beer or something like that? And we were, Jennifer and I were both like, yeah, 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 go ahead. And, you know, I never, ever dreamed that last October when we walked, or, yeah, a year ago, that when we walked in that night and I saw Otto up on the tote board up there, and I've got to tell you, man, I was absolutely blown away, just blown away. And it's like, my God, if I didn't have an ego then, I got one now. It's like, you know, Tom Brady has 15 Super Bowl rings, a, a supermodel wife, but he doesn't have a stout named after him. So. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Love it. So, so do you, it's safe to say you like the beer. I love the beer. I absolutely love the beer. You know, I, I've had some stouts that had, uh, that had a burnt taste to them, you know, where they added coffee, and the coffee, they must have just had the roaster on high that day, and it, and it has a burnt taste. Um, and I've had stouts that are, that are watery almost like a Bud Light with black food coloring in them. And those are, those are just horrible. And, and just like we said, you know, the night uh, down in your basement, the other thing you'll recall I said was, I said, dude, if you brew, if you brew this, I'm in. Yep, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And we, and we upped it. We upped the game Yes, there. you did. You did. So, but this had, it has such a, a balance of a coffee. Uh, it has just that little touch of chocolate, a tiny little touch of vanilla, and then the big thing that I love is it's, it has that very creamy, smooth texture in your mouth when you when you take a big uh, a big gulp, which I've been known to do, <laughs> versus a little sip. Yep. Um, and uh, that's it's the balance of it to me that I really really enjoy. I agree. I, I think the production team really nailed this. So I got to ask: we've never talked about this. You've asked me a couple of times about it. So we started, when we first launched Auto, uh, we launched it as an, an 8%, yeah, 8% tiramisu two. stout yep. um, that was good. It was a very good beer. Uh, and then we, we brewed Imperial Auto. Mainly, if I'm honest, I, I believe, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, we wanted to throw it in barrels and see what would happen, that, that base beer. Yep. And uh, then we decided to, to add the adjuncts to it and keep it as Auto and call it Imperial Auto. Uh, but we were afraid at that eight percent that it wouldn't it wouldn't mesh well with the barrels. Is that is that fair to say? That's why. 
Yeah, we wanted a, a higher gravity at the end to yeah. put it in barrels. So, so when we launched this, I remember the first time I had it, I told you guys, I'm like, this, this has just got to become auto. I, I like it more than the 8% version. And then we launched it in the tap room, and Steve asked me, he said, so is this, is this, this going to be Imperial Auto, or is this the new auto? What is this going to be? And I said, I'm not really sure yet. I know which way I'm leaning and where I'm pushing. And now we've kind of gone down that path. How do, how do you like this one versus that first one? Oh, I said ditch the first one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not drinking that swill, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I apologies to Chase, man. Oh, no, the first, the first one was great. This one's just off the charts. Yeah. I, I could literally drink this all night long. Yep, and and have. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, do you take this beer like everywhere with you, like to parties and, and to um, friends' house? Actually, no, because I mean, there's a certain. Because you want to save it all for yourself. That's a massive flex. <laughs> there's that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm rolling up the parties with a beer named after me. Yeah, and, so, and so that's exactly why I have not. Because you know, they're like, uh, I hear that guy comes with his beer. He's got his name on a can. It's like, God help us. You know, you, know, you, want, you want to clear a, clear a party, that would probably do it. That's, so, that's but awesome. no, but I, I have friends um, that come in uh, to, into town for the place that I used to work for. Um, friends that come in from Arizona, from Minnesota, and and one thing that I have done is I'll find out what hotel they're staying at, and I'll go deliver a four pack of auto That's to awesome. their to their hotel, and you know they I don't say who it's from they they figure it out you know because Schneckendorfer he's not going to drop off a case <laughs> case of auto but. But yeah, that's just something I like to do for friends who are who are still working and, and come into town. So it's it is fun and it's a blast to do awesome. that. It really is. That's really cool. That's awesome. So I have frequently said that one of the beers that got me into craft beer that was like my aha moment. Even even uh, as someone that just enjoyed beer, I didn't love craft beer. I just liked beer. I, I think I've sh- I think I shared this story on our original podcast, and, it, and if I, I did, I apologize, but I'm not 100% sure, so I want to reiterate it. But there was this moment, I was with my buddy John Webb, and we were in Chicago, and we were, we were drinking like a Miller Lite or something at a bar, and uh, they had a crazy long craft beer list. So I, I got, a, I remember it, a Ska IPA. Yeah, it was a Ska IPA, and it was good. And I asked the bartender... I said, what's your favorite beer? Because she was talking about how she got me from the Bud Light that I was drinking into the Ska. And I said, so what's your favorite beer? And she goes, well, we don't have it on tap right now. But my favorite beer ever is Founders Breakfast Stout, and it's on tap right next door. And I was like, all right, well, I guess, sorry, but we're going to cash out and go go try that. And after I had that beer, I remember it was the next weekend I bought my homebrew kit, and I started brewing beer. Because that beer for me was a beer I was like, Holy shit! Beer can taste like this. This is this is nuts to me. And uh, <laughs> when we first brewed this beer, I did a side by side with Founders Breakfast Stout, and and that was with the base auto. And I had Liz pour them for me blind so that I didn't know. And it wasn't close, man. It, it just wasn't close. And now the Imperial version, I did it again, and it's. It, I mean legit it was like the to me this is so good that breakfast out for me i I didn't even want to finish it 
yeah, I'll be honest. When you know, uh, 13 years ago, when I first was writing that recipe, this recipe, I it was kind of based off founders. Yeah. Stout. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 similar in model. Mm-hmm. But then actually, Haley came up with the the dessert side of it. Adding, adding the other, yeah. the vanilla so, and, and yeah, the I'm pretty sure I I brewed it and I was like, I just don't really care for it. And she's like, you should, you should make it like a dessert beer. And, and so basically, you were doing pastry stouts before they were cool. Uh, uh, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I guess crispy boys. Crispy boys. <laughs> <laughs> now that it's cool, though, I don't want to do them. You know. <laughs> This, I, I say that jokingly, this is far from a pastry stout. There's a lot going on here, and it's a well-balanced, very well-made stout. Not that pastry stouts aren't, but it's not, it's not an overly sweet bomb. It's not like you're drinking a donut. I remember, right? well, like, yeah, exactly to your point, like when we first brewed it and we tapped it, I thought it was like the, high, like the in-between between a pastry stout and a regular stout. Like it had... Just the right body. I mean, this is just regular auto. So, like, it had just the right body, just the right sweetness, just just the right everything. Um, and I was like, this is great. But when we're talking about Imperial Auto, you know, on top of it being higher gravity, um, you know, finishing a little, a little bit higher in gravity, too, for more body, you also got to think about the boil. We're boiling this thing for four to five hours versus the regular auto, which is 90 minutes. So, you know, with that boil, you know, we're evaporating out more water, so we're adding more viscosity to it that way. Um, so that's another thing that really gives that, that liquid, you know, uh, I don't know, like liquid gold characteristic to it, I believe. You know, it just kind of sits heavy on your palate, and, you know, it's not chewy, like, gross, but, like, it, it's got, like, kind of goes between your teeth a little bit. You know, it's kind of like a little little wavy sort of in your mouth. You're like, oh, what the hell? You know, this isn't like, yeah. this isn't like a crispy boy. This is yeah, a pastry you're right. boy. You're right. <laughs> you're yeah, right. It, you're right. It's, it's balanced between that, that viscosity of it being too thick in, in my mind and then kind of still be drinkable and have that, that softness on the palate. I, I agree. And, and to Steve's point, there have been many nights where I've had multiple of these and, you, and it's, not, it's not sitting on my belly super heavy, yeah. right? Uh, JP, I see you shaking your head down there. Uh, what are your thoughts on this beer? And, and I know, so so I'll preface this with not not your go to, right? You don't drink a lot of stouts, I don't think. I don't, I, I, but I know you're more on the hop head level. But but it's a beer that you enjoy as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I like big IPAs, but then I like big stouts. Okay. Um, and those are kind of my two go tos. I usually like a Russian Imperial. I like that bitterness, but. Uh, but one thing about this beer that I love, I, I, worked, uh, I worked at this uh, little Italian place down in Houston, Texas, forever ago. And uh, this guy, Frank Triola, ran Azarelli's, and he was working all his old grandma's recipes. And so they did this traditional tiramisu there, and they would pull their own espresso, layered up, mascarpone cheese, ladyfingers. And I think this beer is so true to an actual tiramisu, you know, it's got these subtle flavors, but then that bitterness of like a fresh pulled espresso and like, and like, I I love it. I I think it's huge. It's so drinkable. And like you said, it doesn't weigh on you the next day. You know, we canned this recently and uh, I've I've had quite a few. Uh, You you just said something that, that it was like an aha moment for me that I think this, this honestly drinks more like a tiramisu with that stronger coffee, almost espresso-like character that, that didn't really dawn on me until right now. That's what I was thinking too, yeah. Yeah, and the, the original recipe, I, I mean, I, I changed this recipe every single time I brewed it, but I did file dial in the, the coffee itself. But the first one was actually made with espresso beans, and it was 
too bitter. It was too harsh, too bitter. So if people are questioning, well, why don't you use espresso beans if it's a tiramisu? It's because it just it came off too aggressive. Makes so. sense. Yeah. So, all right, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this one up with something we've we've experimented with in other podcasts. And uh, just a disclaimer: I have not asked anyone at the table this question. So I've already shared mine. Uh, let's let's go around the table here. I'm curious to get some answers. If you're not drinking Otto, and you love big stouts. And it's you can't you can't give a Sonder stout here, right? Uh, what's what is a stout in your past that you've either really loved and enjoyed, or one that you go back to frequently? And anyone can can start here. I've really actually I've had arguments with uh, Chris Peterson, who uh, used to work uh, be a coworker of mine at New Glarus. Uh, oh, so not not the college football coach, Chris Peterson. I don't know who that is. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we used to. We used to get in drunken arguments about which uh, stout we preferred, and he was always Old Rasputin, and I was always Victory uh, Storm. Oh, yeah. So yeah. mine is Victory Storm is my go-to big stout. I, I'll be honest, I haven't had it for a couple of years. I haven't either, but I, um, I have enjoyed it in the past. But yeah, but that's, that was always my go-to besides the, uh, the breakfast stout. Yeah. Was Old Raspy just too bitter for you? Yes, it was just too much roasted character to me. Yeah. yeah. I so, love Old Raspy. Yeah, yeah I generally don't like sweeter beers, but with stouts, I, I, I definitely do lean towards the, the sweet side. Yeah. So, Jeff, you were going to say Old Rasputin. Well, I do love Old Rasputin, but another one uh, kind of in the same, uh, in the same light. I, I've always loved the Mad Tree guys. I, I do like their Axis Mundi a lot. Oh, Axis Mundi's a really good yeah. beer, yeah. And so I've gone to that. I, I always like their base better. I think they've done a few variants and whatnot that I haven't liked quite as much, but I, I, love, I love that Axis Mundi. Now that I think about it, they do, they do a coffee vanilla Axis Mundi mm. that I don't know that I've ever had. I think I have, but it's been a while. Uh, that'd be fun to do it. To do it with this beer. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, we should try that sometime. Uh, Luke, what about you? So the beer that got me into stouts, so it's layered, but the beer that got me into stouts was KBS. Oh, yeah. But that was, you know, when I was 21, so six years ago, back in the day, before I got overhyped, and not as good. But the beer, though, the stout that I fell in love with that I always homebrewed was Yeti. From Great oh, Divide. Oh, yeah. Always. I Yeti's mean, a really solid beer that yeah. doesn't get enough love because it's so readily available. Uh, yeah. And so but like, it's, a, it's a really good beer. And for our 21st, my 21st birthday, my parents took us out. I'm sorry, they took me out to Colorado and we went to the Great Divide Tap Room and they had espresso Yeti, regular Yeti, oak Yeti, they had chocolate Yeti. I was like, God, it just so doesn't get any better so than many this. <laughs> I, I love what they've done with that beer because yeah. now it's now it's a mainstay for them, and yeah. they just they throw a crap load of adjuncts at it and just see what sticks. I had s'more yeti this year at a GABF. Oh, but that was good. It was really good. The one I didn't like was Belgian yeti. Oh yeah, yeah that was I think that was a one and done. I think I found. I've it. actually never even seen that. Yeah, they, I, I found it in a um, discounted bin. I was like. <laughs> I haven't seen this one before. Like a raisin Yeti <laughs> when I, I went out there. Raisin. Oh, raisin. That's really interesting. When I went out to Great Divide, the tap room, it was almost like half their tap list was just yes. Yeti variants. Yeti variants. <laughs> yes, I've heard that before. Yeah. Steve, what about you? So keep in mind, I'm, I'm probably twice as old as most of you guys. Uh, here. I think you look great for 29, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Add 30 to that. <laughs> um, so... So uh, where I was headed with that was when I started drinking beer, uh, stout? Are you kidding me? Right. 
there was no such thing. I mean, we scored a, you know, a case of Strohs on a Saturday night, and we were happy. <laughs> so, so when Stouts came along, was probably after I was out of college. So I graduated college in 83. And so Stouts didn't really come on the scene until maybe five or six years after that. And then so what happened was this thing called Guinness came from across the pond, and it was like, what the hell is that? So I had a Guinness, and it was like, okay, that's pretty good. You know, I, I like that. But the thing about Guinness was we talked about that feeling bloated and feeling full, and, and man, I could drink like two Guinness, and I was done because there, no, there was no room in, this, you know, in my gullet after that. But a couple, probably a decade ago, we went on vacation out to Colorado and came across a tap room out there as we're driving you know, out, out, out uh, I-70 that had Yeti stout. And it was like, okay, this is pretty good stuff right here. And so since that time, if I'm out at Jungle Gyms or something like that, I would, I'd pick up a six-pack or two of Yeti. Yeah. And so that was, my, that was my go-to. And, you know, if I couldn't get that, you know, I'll, I'll still choke down a Guinness every once in a while. But, but now I don't have to. Yeah, that's true. Now you can just <laughs> choke down an audit. Exactly. Right? exactly. <laughs> PMP, what about you? Speaking of Guinness, my first sip of Guinness is when I was 12. My dad and I went on the Guinness tour in Ireland. And yeah. they give you a Guinness at the end of the tour. But obviously I got a Coke. But my dad let me, like, take a sip. It was pretty is cool. It, is it legal to drink Guinness at 12 in Ireland? I no, feel like they don't have not. a drinking age. I, is it 16? <laughs> It's either 16 I, or 18. I would 18. assume it was mandatory. Yeah, that's right. right, right. <laughs> if it's oh. like year, it would be 16 beer. Probably. 18 hard liquor. Okay. Imagine my shocked face that you knew that, Luke. <laughs> I think that's it was. the least shocking thing in the world to me <laughs> that you knew that. <laughs> I think it was illegal to get divorced in Ireland until like the 80s. That makes sense. What? Yeah. Unless it was your sister that you were married to, right? <laughs> no, even then. Well, no, couldn't do know, it. The craziest thing is, is in Russia, I don't even know this, but, you know, fact checks, of course. I think, like, until, like, five years ago, anything under 10% alcohol was considered a soft drink. <laughs> Come on. Dead <laughs> serious. Check it up right now. I swear to God. It's not the vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Serious. Give me a diet stout. Yeah. <laughs> That's soft. <laughs> We got kids going to six six yeah. hour class hammered because they've been drinking soft drinks I mean, all day. It's Russia. <laughs> that's true. It's cold it's and miserable. Yeah, right. The lunch lady's drawing. She's drawing beer on tap. <laughs> with, with your box lunch, you also get an IPA. What, what soft drink would you like? Uh, stout or a Munich Hellas? <laughs> Cut some wood or drink some vodka. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but I guess the first stout that I really enjoyed was uh, Nutcase from Listerman's. Oh, okay. Uh, the first stout that I actually kind of took a sip of, and I was like, oh, this is really good. Got me into stouts, and I'll pick up a Nutcase every year, a four-pack or oh, six-pack, yeah. whatever they come out with. Yep. But I'll try a variant, too, but I typically like the just standard Nutcase. I'll tell you, of, uh, I mean, it seems like everybody's doing a peanut, be- peanut butter beer these days. I-, I, think, I think of all of them, you know, Listerman shines right up there at the top. They, they do a solid a solid version of that consistently. For sure. I strayed away from stouts and porters for a long time. Um, but my buddy who was from out west, like really grew up, not grew up, but really fell in love with porters and stouts early. And he's like, dude, this is really good. You got to just try it. And I gave it a whirl and liked it. I still don't gravitate towards stouts a whole lot. I like auto a lot. And I'll pick up Nutcase every once in a while, but I'm pretty selective about it. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. So I, I think you just mentioned a comment, porters and stouts. Uh, Luke or Chase, I think this is a good opportunity uh, for one of the two of you because I get asked this question a lot 
uh, what's the difference between a porter and a stout. Uh, and I think there's a, a wide range of – there's a wide spectrum of answers here. But I would love for one of the two of you to explain that a little bit. Thanks, mainly, mainly because we may or may not be releasing a porter soon. Hey, well, that's a good one. Um, may or may not. Actually, I was just thinking about this last night. Chase, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, historically, a stout was brewed with roasted barley. A porter is black patent. But even if you read into the book of stouts by – whoever it was, I forget who it was, it really, so like that is historically how it is, but they still can't really describe how it started. So what it would go is it'd be like a porter XX, and then that would be like a stronger porter, which would then roll into a stout, and then they would call it a porter stout, um, and then they would just kind of just like roll that way. So obviously if you see, you know, back in the day when you see Looney Tunes, they had like three Xs on their, on their, on their bottle, I mean, that was booze. So that would then signify the stronger strength. Um, but the, the real answer that I think pretty much a lot of people agree on, if you want to get really nerdy, is black patent versus roasted barley. Yeah, I, I don't know about the black patent roasted barley. I, porter is, you know, a, a, a porter on a train, so it's, you know, very, very blue-collar people. So usually it was a little bit watered-down version. So in my head, a porter versus a stout these days is, is lower alcohol. Uh, more drinkable on the porter side, and stout having definitely more more backbone to it, and yeah, definitely roasted as well. So more, so more roasted, more ABV. Yeah, typically speaking, yeah. that yeah. makes sense to you because especially in England they tax on gravity, yeah. so strength of beer. So that makes sense. Porter is, and as in porter, also it was a blend of sour and fresh. I think it was a blend of kind of everything that was. Like last runnings and yeah. left over in a combined tank. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I believe. And Stout was a primo. Yeah, Stout yeah. was definitely. Yeah. It, it, speaking as a layman, a porter never seemed to have the body and the, and the robust taste yeah. that, that a Stout does. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you. Uh, historically not knowing nearly as much as maybe that I do now and, and only a fraction of what these two know. I, I brewed a porter at home and I brewed a Stout at home and my porter was just I think it was like six and a half percent. I just made it lower ABV, and and I also didn't use. I don't think I used black patent, but I did not use a roasted barley in my recipe. Yeah, I, I would say just now it's like if you go to a brewery and they have a porter stout, just expect the stout to be bigger, alcohol uh, more chewy, a uh, little bit more uh, bitey to it, and the porter being lower alcohol and more drinkable. Yeah, it makes sense. And it's good to know. Thanks for explaining that, guys. Yeah. Uh, so as we wrap up here, anything else uh, that anybody wants to share, either about this beer or, or just anything that you want to get into the airwaves? Oh, I, I got a little something. I got uh, a little something. So uh, I was lucky enough to uh, to start, you know, in uh, Sonder as a bartender there, um, and so I was able to meet kind of the ownership team and the investors on on a different level before I moved to the back end. So so Otto was one of my favorites from the get go, and uh, I would always be like, oh. Otto's here. Let me let me see. We got this little variant or something. I'd be like, hey, Otto, why don't you check this out? And so he was always a little part of the family, and he'd always, I'd always be able to, you know, pull him into a corner, and we'd be able to have a little cool thing for a while. So, so uh, for me, uh, you know, Steve was definitely, you know, uh, a big part of the Sonder fam, you know, from the get-go for me. And, and a lot of the owners should, or a lot of the investment team is the same way. And I, I feel lucky to have been able to kind of see them on that level before I moved to the back, because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to do that. You know, 
I always, I always love coming down to the bar and seeing, like, Steve, Dan, Sarah, like, hanging out. It's like, oh, do we have an investor meeting going on? Like, <laughs> should I break this up? Like, it's, it's cool that, you know, the, a lot of the investors have become friends with us, yeah. with each other, and we get to hang out with them. Um, Steve gets to hop on the pod, talk about his own beer. It's cool stuff. Yeah, yeah we, you know, obviously we wouldn't be where, where we are without our investors. So, I mean, you know, we're... We're truly living our dream every day because of these guys. So, I mean, the least we could do is, is uh, brew a beer name after Steve Otto. I think that's, that's uh, very appropriately said. Thank you I, for saying that. I also have to do a shout-out to Haley because it, this was her idea of, of the beer. And yes. every year I'd brew it, and it would get better and better. And so she definitely had uh, the artistic side behind this beer. That's, I'm, I'm glad that she did because it's a fantastic product. The muse. So, she's the muse, huh? Yeah, she's in the news. <laughs> so, so I'll offer up this. Um, you know, when Jennifer and I decided to um, in- invest in the brewery, we didn't do it to get rich. We did it because we thought, man, this is, this is such a cool thing to be on the ground floor with a bunch of people who, who absolutely have passion about what they do. I mean, w- when I listen to you guys talk, it's all, it's all goes over my head, and I'm like, I'm like, it just tastes good to me. I'm like, <laughs> like roasted this and, and yeasted that. And I'm like, I don't know. Just, it just tastes good. Ooh, yeasted that. That'd be, that's, that's a beer. That's a great beer. I'm beer. mixing that. that. Yes. What? Yeasted that? Danny, Danny, get your head out of the gutter. <laughs> roasted this, yeasted that. That is such a beer name. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I got a C in chem in college, so... You know, um, but <laughs> better than me, brother. <laughs> but um, I mean, we we have such a good time coming to the brewery, and um, me more so more often than Jennifer. <laughs> what are you, you've never been here without her. What are you talking about? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm yeah, I forget. And uh, so I mean, we were we were so impressed by the passion that you guys have to. In, in the beer that you guys brew, and we're just like, you know what? This is so much fun. Um, let's let's just be a part of that. And man, we're so glad we did. And and thank you for letting us uh, for letting us both into the family because it, it's been a just a tremendous ride, and we just absolutely love it. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. And I I, I just want to echo and reiterate what Chase said. I mean, it's this is one of those things that that you know people ask all the time. Like, did you did you expect this? Right? Did you? Year one, so we're, we're about to release uh, numbers from year one as far as production and everything that we did. I'll tell you, as far as, as, far as barrelage, you know, we, we didn't know what to expect. We had no baseline. Danny talks about it all the time. Uh, we have no baseline to project anything. And now we're getting there. We're, we're starting to. Uh, when, when we pieced together these projections three years ago, uh, I, I'm happy to say we came within 2% of our projection, and we were, we were 2% above projection. Uh, so from a barrelage projection standpoint, we did uh, just over, just over 2,100 barrels in our first 12 months, which is something I'm really proud of. It's something our, our team is really proud of. But, but all 2,100 barrels literally wouldn't have been possible without your and Jennifer's uh, generosity and faith and belief in us. Uh, to get where we are. So it's something, you know, to Chase's point, this is, we, we get to live our dream every day. Most days, I can't believe this is my life. Uh, and, and, and we would not have been able to do that without the two of you. So thank you so much. Yep, you're welcome. Cheers. 
It, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, cheers to you guys. Cheers to the autos. Cheers. Uh, cheers. And uh, thank you for everything. Uh-oh. 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 For, those that can, for those that can't see, we're on radio. Uh, Steve has an empty glass, and Chase yeah. has a very strict no cheersing <laughs> to an empty glass policy. Very strict. Right. Oh, hey, Jeff, too. Dan- oh, no. Danny, no. fix that. <laughs> cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. cheers.